Okay, the very first thing we're going to say, and you'll see it in the Word of God, that th this is not an option. It's not like a, 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 an option, whether I, I like this or not, or whether I'm going to do this. This is a command from God. Okay, so that should be enough right there instead. The gospel, I always compare it to ice cream. Remember, um, uh, go and get a McDonald's shake. And for everybody that's under a certain age, that's probably the only shake they've ever seen or, or known. Uh, but we really know those of us who have some age on us that used to have the old soda jerk and all that, that was a real milkshake. And you can go to Denny's and get a real milkshake. You can go to Steak and Shake and get a real milkshake. But we have ate the fake for so long, a lot of times we've got to reacquire a taste for the real. You buy ice cream at the store and you want to get the buck 99 one, and it has words in it this long on the back panel telling you what's in the ice cream. And you have eaten that so long that when you go out and you buy a real one, it almost like, ugh, and it's real. Real ice cream. And so this is what's happened in America for eons. They've been trying to stuff us with the fake gospel, with a phony gospel. And then when you are confronted with the truth, a lot of times the Lord says, man, you hate me because I tell you the truth. So you got to be careful tonight. All right, Hebrews 12, 14. It says this, follow peace with all men and holiness. Here's the, here's the big key while you're here. Without which no man shall see the Lord. No man. See, in America now, all you got to do is bow your knee for about 13 seconds and say something after somebody, and you're on your way to heaven. But God's, God's got a whole bunch of conditions. And he says, without which no man's going to see me. No one. A lack of holiness is critical, a critical obstacle to having a close relationship with God. So the question that screams to be answered, what is holiness? You heard of the holiness movement, and they're a holiness church, and they, the ladies look different, and they claim that to be holiness. Well, I'm telling you, that's not holiness. Holiness is a condition of your heart. Holiness is what God does on the inside, and it might reflect the outside, you might have to dress different if you're not dressing proper. But all the various outward is not holiness. It's the inward. So holiness is a sanctification. Holiness is a setting apart. God says, you're mine. I bought you with a price. I own you. You're mine. So it's a sanctification. of heart and of life. You are no longer permitted to do what you used to do or felt like doing when you felt like doing it. God says, you're mine. This is not unheard of. This is unheard of in the American gospel. We do what we want, when we want, how we want, as much as we want. And we're paying a dear price for it. Leviticus 20, look what it tells you. Sanctify yourselves, therefore. You've got to do something. 
If God moves upon you and says your dress is too short, it's too revealing, you've got to do something. If God tells me you've got to stop acting like a punk, stop acting like some wise Italian, and start acting like a Christian, I've got to do something. I don't wait for a magic wand. I've got to do something. I've got to set apart those things that cause me to act what's displeasing to God. I can't do that anymore. This is true Christianity. True Christianity is just not adding Christ to whatever you've been doing. Sanctify yourselves, therefore, look, and be ye holy, for I am the Lord your God. There's no option there. It's no kind of holy, mostly holy, just about holy. This is a command from God. God says, I want you peculiar. I want you different. I want you set apart. You'll be in the world, but not of the world. These are absolutely two important aspects of our walk with God. Listen, God will not force this on you. He does not force this to you to just separate to Him. It's a love relationship. I want to be a slave to Christ, my love, my lover. He says, come away with me, my love. So it's a love relationship. He does the work, but he does it through our cooperating efforts and yielding to him. Yes, Lord. One Peter one says this, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversations. Off-color jokes aren't funny to God. They're not amusing. All of your conversation. Because it is written. Why, why should we in all manner? Because it's written. I said it's not an option. God says, be ye holy for I am holy. Now either I own you or I don't. Either you want me to be your master or you don't. You don't lay out the ground rules. He does. You say, yes, Lord. That's it. You don't go, well, let me see here. I like this promise. I like that promise. I'm not sure about that command. So remember, this is not an option. It's a command from God for his church. And God will give you the revelation. He's a personal savior. He'll deal with Rob on something he might not deal with me, but he'll deal with me on something that he won't deal with him. Personal savior. 2 Corinthians 7.1 says this, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, look, let us cleanse ourselves. This is something we do. Cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit. Perfecting what? Holiness in the fear of God. Man, if you've never washed your car ever and you've owned it for four years, what would it look like? 
inside and out. Yourself, your clothes, your home. If you never washed it. Same God is saying it's the same principle. We pick up crud in this world. We pick up filth. As it gets dummy down the gospel, sometimes you're hooked on something that you would have never been hooked on 15 years ago and really don't know it. And then all of a sudden, God shows you. You think, oh my gosh. And we usually always say, but everybody else is. God don't care about that. You see, we must have this here for those who are coming that we don't know that need a touch. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Perfecting means to to bring to an end, accomplish, execute, complete. Holiness is that sacredness, consecration, clean, innocent, chaste. A chaste virgin, a chaste bride to Christ. Who wants a whore? Who wants one all filled with dirt for their bride? Who wants one standing beside some, and the eight guys on the pew in the front said, I've had her, I've had her, yeah, I've had her, I've had her. The treasure is that she's just mine and only mine. That's what God says about you and me. Holiness, setting apart heart and life. We cannot dabble in what the world dabbles with. And they're into everything. And so is the church now. It really is. And so what are we losing? We're losing the power of God, the holiness of God, and the presence of God. We're losing it. When God even warns us and tells us over and over, So we must cleanse ourselves from all the pollutions of sin. If you end up becoming an angry man, short-tempered, you got to come to the altar and say, God, I'm sorry. I don't know how this got into me. Our God, it came back. But you get a hold of God again and let him cleanse you again. Whatever it is. You know how we name certain sins. We must cleanse ourselves from all the pollutions of sin. Consecrate ourselves to the service and honor of God. Of God. No, you cannot use these instruments to go play in some honky-tonk. No, they're holy. They sit in the presence of God all week, day after day after day. It's the same with the cup when Belshazzar, I'll put booze in there, who cares? Booze went in, God showed up. Started writing on the wall. You cannot do that kind of stuff. This is what it means to sanctify ourselves and be ye holy. You cannot run through the mud of the world and then come in here and lift up hands. The presence of God backs off. Power of God backs off. We still go call a church and we still do our things. 
1 Thessalonians 4, 7 says, Look, for God hath not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. Yes, peculiar. Peculiar treasure. What? You don't do that? Everybody does that. No, they don't. I don't. I believe in the Word of God. God tells me, whatever it is, I can't do that. I can't watch that. I can't see that. I can't go there. I can't act like that. No, I'm not looking at that. God has not called us to uncleanness. But the Bible says, to holiness, to set yourself apart. I've used this example before. Tell my wife, I love you, I'm just yours for 364 days a year, but just one day, just one day, I'm going to run and have an affair. 364 days, just one day, what's the percentage? Is that 99.5%? Come on, Ruth! Don't be ridiculous! You know how ridiculous that sounds. So if I would, what would happen? I'd be losing the presence of my wife. I'd be losing her love. The ability to share her life with the intimacy that I've had with her. The, the ability to grow old together. I'd be losing it all. Just for one, one truth. God has not called us to uncleanness, but unto holiness. That's why, listen to this one. Here's the big key. This is the bombshell. Now we just said it, but I don't know. Sometimes we read and don't read. Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. That word see in that verse there means to allow oneself to be seen, to appear. No holiness, God says, I'm not appearing. No holiness in this church, you're not going to see me show up. Now all of a sudden that whole scripture is like, whoa. Talking about trembling over scriptures. You mean to tell me we've been having church for the last 24 years and you've never been? Absolutely. God doesn't have to show up. We still have church. All through America. Without which, God said, I'm not coming. I'm not showing up. I will not appear. That's what that word see means. To allow oneself to be seen. You won't see me. God will not permit you to see him without the holiness. Pray all you want. Bark all you want up here. Play all you want. Volunteer all you want. God said, you're not going to see me. You see how vital this is. That young girl that walked in here on crutches, she don't know anything about God. She knows nothing about God. All she knows is she's in a bad place and her people will pray. So she turns to a church. Who's got to be ready? Who's got to be in that holiness so that God will show up? We didn't know her from Adam. Never saw her before in my life. Yet somebody thought, I've got her, get her here. We must have this. You must pay the price to get this. 
so that the presence of God hovers in here, broods in here. Anytime anybody comes, there's the possibility that God can break out. And a group of praying saints, dedicated and sanctified for the work of God, cry out. Matthew 5, 8 nails it. Blessed are the pure in heart. Why? You're going to see God. You will see God. The problem is sometimes we think we are having a milkshake. This is a real milkshake, right? I mean, look. doesn't come out. They said it's a milkshake. I asked for a chocolate milkshake, and they gave me this. It's not the gospel. What makes it a real church is the ingredients. Having the power of God mixed with the faithfulness of God and the holiness of God and the convicting finger of God upon his people. Put that under and whip it up, Holy Ghost. Then you have a milkshake. Not these... You break your eardrums trying to suck it through a straw. And they say, how'd you like that milkshake? Well, yeah, that's pretty good, I guess. Because you don't know what a milkshake is. It's where we are the gospel. The gospel was already dumbing down when I came into it 40 years ago. So we spent our whole life here. Remember a long time ago I said, I can't quite remember, I thought it was, takes 45 square miles to turn an aircraft carrier around in the ocean. Hard right! And you never move it again. And that's what we've been doing because the church is going in the wrong direction. So we've been hard right for 24 years. Most think you're crazy. The Bible says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they'll see God. Isn't that what this is about? Seeing God, being used by God, experiencing the power of God, watching the glory of God, standing back in awe as God takes over. Leonard Ravenhill says it best. I can't even quite remember how he says it because the place breathes with holiness. Where you almost can't catch your breath because of the presence of God. Or where you're afraid to move, thinking you'll ruin the moment. Like that. It's this thing. In Greek, that phrase, pure of heart, is the idea of straightness and honesty and clarity. Yeah, I love God at home. I'm going blank, yeah! Yeah, that's a nice car. What? What? I took a long ride. Pittsburgh, see her sister, see some friends that she graduated with. Maybe they are saved. Probably are. I don't know. But Ruth's telling me a story, and she's going, blank, yes. I love God. And she's telling me the story, and all I was going, just like everybody else. Doesn't anybody really get it? 
I was the most filthy mouth person there ever was. It was the first thing God got on my case was my mouth. First thing. He doesn't do that anymore. It's okay now because it's 2014. God realizes we've moved on now and matured. And I can say blank when I want to. Mm-mm. I don't care what you think. It's uh-uh. So that pure of heart is the idea of straightness and honesty and clarity. Inner moral purity that then comes on the outside. So that God can entrust you and use you to become sincere and you're not divided in your devotion and commitment to God. You know what? It's easy to take lipstick and rings off. A different story to lay there bare open and say, God, walk through every corner. Shine your light on everything. So I can be more like you. Or, I'm holy now. And I'm not slamming a denomination. I'm slamming how silly we are as people. The American gospel. Or the gospel according to you? Or is it this one? You see, your life depends on it. It really does, because you could say I'm overboard. If I just happen to be right and I'm using Scripture, you're not going to see the Lord. So listen to this. We will not have powerful, effective prayer lives until we get serious about living a life of holiness. My wife and I first got saved, man, God dealt with us constantly about getting rid of stuff. Chuck it. Get rid of it. Get rid of the booze. I'll give it away. No. Get rid of it. But yeah, this costs a lot. Get rid of it. I'll throw those records out. Remember, I told you, they were back when records, and, and they were in the garbage, all stacked up. And I'm going, praise God, good, got rid of that. And I felt God says, look, what are you doing? Go out there and bust them up. Destroy them. Out we went, busted them up. That's silly now that I'm this much older in God. Powerful, effective prayer lives until we get serious about living a life of holiness. God's words teaches us that God does not normally answer the prayers of those who are not walking in holiness. Could that be a reason? We talked about this morning maybe being on the wrong page in the wrong field with God. Could it be you're in the stuff and God's saying, forget it? No answer. I mean, God can outweigh you. Scripture, it's not my opinion. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. God said, whatever that line is, 
God says, I told you not to watch that. I'm commanded you not to watch that. You're still watching it. I'm done listening. Because there comes a time. God will give you space, grace, understand, growth. I don't know what it is. Maybe that's God's amen. There comes a time when God says, all right, you can cry, use all the uh, tissue on the altar that you want, but until you deal with this, we're done. You see, God is not like the parent that you sit beside at Red Lobster and the kids running all over the place throwing biscuits around, and they're going, I told you, one, two. Don't you want to get up and punch the parent? God isn't like that. God's an awesome parent. So listen, Isaiah 59.2 tells us, your iniquities have separated between you and your God. Your sin, your sin has caused me to back off. That's what it is. Your sin, America's sin, our dumbing down of the gospel has caused God to back off the atmosphere, that hot atmosphere of God where you think, gosh, he's going to show up at any minute. I'm going to see him. This is amazing. Your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. It's in your Bible, right? So I'm not making this stuff up. I'm certainly not preaching messages that will fill your church. Psalms 24, 3 says, Who shall ascend unto the hill of the Lord? Who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart. Not according to America's gospel or yours, but God's. God's. Just seen this on Facebook. Someone attaching to them someone that most likely is not saved. There isn't any indication whatsoever that I can find out. Someone boldly says, you love Jesus? Oh, yeah. the gospel according to that person. You change the gospel all the time to fit your circumstance. I'm dead against divorce, dead against it, until I want one. Who shall ascend? God says, those who have clean hands and a pure heart. That's us. That we've got to go up the mountain of God for the sake of those who are going to come. We've got to come back down the mountain of God with our countenance aglow. We are the ambassadors. We represent God, Christ, to that little girl. This is why it's not an option. God has chose you, bought you to do this. He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. You can count on me, and you never think about it again. He shall receive the blessings from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is the generation of them that seek him, 
that seek thy face, O Jacob. So it's true. It's regardless of your prayer skills. Remember, we've been talking about praying fervently. Come on, get a hold of God. Speak out. Call unto God. Cry out. But if you don't have a holy heart, you're just making noise. Always use the scripture. Deuteronomy says, For the Lord thy God walk in the midst of thy camp to deliver thee. God has come to deliver us and to give up thy enemies before thee. We can have victory over our enemies. Therefore shall thy camp be holy, that he see no unclean thing in thee and turn away from you. That's what I'm saying. If you're going through pornography, then you walk in here as if no one knows. When God says, night as day to me. Maybe grieving the Spirit of God. Filthiness is an offense to a holy God. It's a stench. That's why Colossians tells us to mortify, therefore, your members. What's mortify mean? Embarrassed? What's mortify mean? Kill it! Kill, therefore, your members which are upon the earth. Fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection. All this stuff is in the natural person that he lays out here. For which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience, in the which ye also walk sometimes. You walk like this. You remember those times. You lived in them, he says. But now, you put off these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communications out of your mouth, lying not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man, with his deeds. It's not like you kind of get over. You get over. There's victory in Christ. And now you put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. This knowledge. On down to verse 12 in Colossians 3, it says, Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved. Vows of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. God says, put this stuff on. I'm telling you, I own you. You're mine. I bought you. It's like I bought my car. If I want to give it to you, I can give it to you. If I want to run it in the river, I can run it in the river. It's mine. God bought me. You couldn't buy me. I was too expensive. You didn't have enough. I couldn't buy you. It took sinless, pure, holy blood to purchase you. You were expensive to buy. Thirteen says, forbearing one another, forgiving one another, 
If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. You got an attitude, somebody in here? You're messing up the service. Isn't it crazy? You think if God would come in here and put up all my sins on that screen, wouldn't you just die a kabillion deaths? And you're all here looking, oh, my God, Pastor, what? Are you, what? And then at the end, he says, forgiven. And I sit there with an attitude that I bruised for whatever dumb reason. But we do that, don't we? And God says, hey, I own you, and I'm telling you, you can't live that way. You've got to love him. And God says, and above all things, put on love or charity, which is the bond of perfectness. To love. There's no love in the world anymore. There isn't. None. Neighbors. Shut the blinds. Nothing to do with each other. You could have a cupcake ministry. Go make some cupcakes. Walk across the street. Hello. I've been wanting to do this for a long time. Here's some cupcakes. Nice to have you as a neighbor. You don't have to preach to them. That's preaching to them. Everybody wants to know what the will of God is. Okay, see if we got our Greek scholars and we can dissect this scripture. 1 Thessalonians 4, 3. See if you can understand those first six words. See it? Wonder what that means. For this is the will of God. Your sanctification, your setting apart, that you should abstain from sexual immorality. It's all over the place. They sell watches with sex. They sell perfume with sex. They'll sell shoes with sex. Cars. You've got to have some sex babe laying all over the hood. Car. It's just all out there for us to get unbelievably overwhelmed with it. And God says, I want to tell you something. You who I own, this is my will for you. Stop all that. Just stop it. That's what God says. I'm not trying to treat you like dummies. I'm just trying to show, look, it says, this is the will of God. You have to be so limited now. I know at times, it's, we do too, we like to just kick back, have a cold Pepsi, and watch something on TV. That's okay. I don't even know what they have now. 450 million channels. 
and all we watch in in ours is 1,276. It's the old black and whites. Bang, bang! Oh, you got me. He falls over. Doesn't cuss him out. Not blood flying all over the place. Not filth. Not people tearing girls' clothes off. There's, you can't do nothing. And God says, this is my will for you. Stop all that! Does it say that in yours, Adrian? Ephesians 5.3, now I wrote this in the New Living. It says, again, look what it talks. Let there be no sexual immorality. What takes pastors down more than anything? Babes. Sexual whatever. And right behind it, if not almost tying, is money. But it's women. Rarely the choir director, where this, did that, had it for this, blah, 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 blah. All through the word, God says, this is my will for you. Run from that! Ephesians 5.3, let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. No place. There's no place for that. You, you can't even keep it in the cupboard in the bottom corner, way behind the plumbing supplies. You can't, because you'll go get it. God says you can have nothing. There's no place for it. Such sins have no place among God's people. No, we do everything. It's not a milkshake. Obscene stories, foolish talk, coarse jokes. These are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You could be sure that no immoral, impure, greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater worshiping the things of the world. We don't have to define any of those words, do we? Look, look, look. This will get you to heaven. This will get you there. Obeying this. Now, not later. You drop dead and your spirit goes back to God and they look at you and say, um, you've got to stand in the white throne judgment. It's over! You'll be screaming for eternity. Wishing, I should have come back when pastor said. Come back on Sunday night to hear. Christians have been born again into God's family. Yes, we have. And we are genetically structured for holiness. It's been given to us. We can accomplish this. God never, never tells you to be something that you can't be through him. Can't be it on your own. That's why we say wipe the lipstick, take the earrings off. There you're holy. And the inside you hate your neighbor. That's how we manufacture it. And God's like, no, 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 no. You've got to love that neighbor. What? But we are wired for it. Holiness then becomes a possibility, where before it was an absolute impossibility. But that's when you pass from death to life. This is true. This is powerful. 
that young girl came down for a prayer this morning. I'm, I'm not positive. We think she might have bone cancer. Is going to have her leg amputated from the knee down this week. That's why you got to pay the price. That's why when you go home tonight and you sit down and you watch the old standard, and if you feel, you got to look at your wife and say, can't do this anymore. She needs a church filled with the power and the presence of God. Where the saints have been walking the straight and narrow. Where they'll reach out for heaven for her and cry out, she don't know! All she knows, she's not going to have a leg tomorrow or sometime this week. I understand we are saved and born again by faith. I understand that. But now God is saying there's an effort involved if you want to live a holy life. We read it in the beginning. God says, sanctify yourselves. And the Spirit of God that lives inside of you has been talking to you. Whether you're listening. Philippians 2.12 says, Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only. That's what we do, right? We're all Christians, godly, sing away in each other's presence. But now, much more in my absence. What's God say? Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. God, you've got to take this away from me. I want to drink. I want to cuss. I want to look. God! It's in us. It's fallen man. That's what we do most, best. So why with fear and trembling you've got to work it out? Because everything you're doing is under watchful eye of God. Everything. When you lose the fear of God, you'll go places you should never. Without Jesus, there's no possibility of holiness. With Christ, we've been born again in the family of God, and God's holiness has been placed in us. Now we strive with everything within us to live out that life of holiness as we keep our eyes on the holy God who says, um, be ye holy because I, I am. That's what he says. That's it. That's done. There's no yeah but. No yeah but gospel. That's what he says. Is it in your Bible? He tells you, be ye holy for I am holy. And I know what you'll do or what we do or people do. We play with the word holy. Well, it means this. Well, it means, look it up. It means sanctification. Consecration, set apart. You're not allowed to be in the world. Be a part of it, playing around, frolicking around in the mud and foolishness. Mm -mm. You see, the enemy wants to pollute your walk with God so that when they walk in here, we're like every other church. Moment of silence. We'll feel bad. The passion's some tissue. But no life-changing power.
What did God say to the woman? Caught in the very act. You've been caught in the act today by the Word of God, by preaching the Spirit of God, saying, I'm telling you, that's you. What did God say? Go and sin no more. Didn't say go and try to do good. Go and sin no more. See, playing baseball, if you're up ten times and get three hits, you're considered a superstar. You make seven outs out of ten times. You're awesome. In God, that's pathetic. God has the keeping power to keep you. No matter what the sin is or how big it is. To keep you pure and holy. Remember, it's not you going, okay, I'll do this. It's not you. It's God doing it through you. You fell on your face and you become willing to God. You say, God, I can't get over this. I want to hate him. Tell God that stuff. But God, I know I'm not allowed to hate. And I know hate will pollute my walk. So God, I come tonight and I lay on my face. Even if you're hateful to God. Because of something you let fester. And looked at wrongly. You lay on your face before God. Ask God to draw the poison out of you. So that when those next people walk in, lives devastated, we'll have weight in our words when we say, trust God. You'll be shook by the anointing of God. People that will pay the price. What separates us from all the 101 churches? What did Moses say? God, I, I, I can't go anywhere unless you go with me. God, you, you've got to go with me. That, that's what makes us different. Is yet you're with me. The presence of God is with us. There's steeples all over the place in this town. power of God. Tonight, these are prices to pay. God even tells you, hey, count the cost. But God has already, to the best of my knowledge, has called you. The majority of you that I know see already proclaiming Christ as your Lord and Savior. He has called you. You have heard his voice. You have stepped out. And now he's saying, I want you to take another step. I got to work for you. I want to move through you. But you've got to have your life clean. And when you step this way, God will say, I don't want you to do that again. You say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. See, I'm not talking about rules and regulation. We're not going to come out. You come to the altar. Okay, all right, for girls, that's for girls. This is for men. No. It's the Holy Ghost's job 
that's in you that will tell you, make you uncomfortable, just make you think, I don't think I can, I just... I've told you, and you've chuckled every once in a while listening to Italian music. God doesn't shake my house and throw it upside down and disgust with me. But if I listen to too much of it, too many days in a row, start listening to more than godly music, it's not long. What are you doing? You see, it's not edifying. It's not building up my spiritual man, singing volare. It's not. It's not taking me in the heavenlies, singing everybody loves somebody sometime. What's it feeding? It's feeding my flesh. And the Bible says in my flesh is what? No good thing. Anything I'm supposed to do, the flesh is kill it. So it's not long. God says, what? He'll get a hold of you. Push God to the point where he'll just go, and he'll pick up a two by four, and he'll whack you down. And you're on your back. And then what are you doing? Oh, God. Why wait for that? Why not just say, God, I'm starting to get this. Without holiness, this church will not see the power of God, will not see the glory of God. God will forbear showing up. He'll let us play church. We can have all the church we want, special meetings and all that stuff, but it'll miss the power and the unction without holiness. This is what the enemy wants to pollute so that this is hindered. You understand we can hinder prayers, right? Us men, can our prayers can be hindered by the way we what? Treat our wives. What? Oh, Lord, you know I want to be used by you like nothing. That doesn't fly in the face of God. It doesn't. You can pray all you want, eight hours in there. It doesn't matter. You treat your wife like scum. God said, you're not even going to be on my team. You're in a dugout. I ain't calling your name until you get this together. You just sit there. Okay, let's stand. So the answer to the question without sanctification, without consecration to God, without being separated just to God, not dabbling in the world, without, without that lifestyle, God says, you're not going to see the Lord. So that's not in natural man, so it's got to be supernatural. And that's why we have altar calls, for the supernatural to take place, for you to come down here and say, man, God, I have gotten my eyes off of that. And that's what I was just telling our band before we prayed together, before the, they started. And they're doing a wonderful job, and I love them. I just love how easy they are to work with. But I'm saying, guys, 
if it's not a holy, consecrated life to God, it's, it's, it's a waste of time. Practice every day. Practice four times a day. Quit your jobs. Just come here. It's going to mean nothing. It's out in the work. When everybody's going, blank this and blank you and blank there, and you're not a part of it. And when they're passing the filth, you say, I don't want to see it. Oh, make it clear. I don't care what you call it. I don't want to see it. Then you come up. And then you strum in the presence of God, folks. In the Shekinah glory. The Kabod. You know what the Kabod is? You remember that, right? The weighty presence of God where you almost can't stand under the presence. I'm not talking about foolishness that goes on. I'm talking about the real holiness of God. People just start to weep all over the place because of the presence of God and all they're doing is the intro to the song. You have felt God move on songs, haven't you? The band would have to agree. You've felt God take off on songs. So our older call is to simply come and lay before God and get a true picture of what holiness of God is. And then say, God, help me to walk in it. Do that work in me, God. Let your personal God tell every one of you something or some things that he wants to get out of your life and to put in your life. Whatever it is. That's our altar call. Please dim these lights. Look, we're letting God now. We're going to shut up and let God do his supernatural to his people whom he loves that he has called you tonight. Come to your God. Come to your Lord. Open your heart. Open all the doors to your house. Say, God, every room you can walk through, every closet, every area, basement, attic, everywhere. Don't let me hinder the move of God.